The Automotive News Canada podcast is brought to you by Diamond Coat. Did you know Diamond Coat has a 96% claims approval rate? This translates into happy customers and repeat service business. But really, you get much, much more when you become a Diamond Coat dealer. Advantages like in-house chemical manufacturing, product fulfillment, bilingual claim support, and a highly experienced team with decades of F&I experience. Visit diamondcoat.com to get started. Diamond Coat, we've got you covered. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the October 1st, 2021 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. As the environment, climate change, and corporate responsibility become more important to customers, companies need to do things to show they care about the planet's future. My guest today will tell us about how a unique shoe deal between his company and a Canadian footwear maker sends the right message and about how the Port of Vancouver helps in cutting the brand's carbon footprint. We'll talk about that, inventory, EVs, and more when I speak with Volvo Canada Managing Director Matt Gerges on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Matt, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you so much, Greg. It's great to be with you. It's great to have you. Um, Just so our listeners know, Volvo Canada has partnered with a Canadian shoemaker, Casca Footwear, to launch a limited edition sneaker inspired by the all-electric Volvo XC40. I don't want to spoil what's a great story, so you please tell me about this shoe deal with Casca and how it came to be. Yes, it's uh, we're first of all, just to say we're very excited to have been able to partner with with Casca around this. It's uh, not so traditional that a, an auto manufacturer would um, would partner with a, a shoe manufacturer, but that's what we did. Uh, so really in celebration of World Car Free Day, uh, we decided to um, create our own shoe together with Casca that's inspired that by the, uh, by the Volvo XC40 Recharge. So we, we started with that and um, we really did, in order to, to, bring, to bring the shoe to life, we focused quite a bit on the similarities between uh, Volvo and Casca and, and what makes um, the companies similar. So one thing just to share with you is that um, you know, our, our company purpose, freedom to move in a personal, sustainable, and safe way, and one of our key pillars there is sustainability. Uh, Casca is very much, um, very much rooted uh, with the same philosophy. So we thought it'd be fun. It'd be a great way to showcase uh, sustainability. Uh, we do believe every small step towards sustainability counts. Uh, and after the teams did a lot of uh, great work to create um, the shoe, we're very happy and pleased with uh, the output of it. So that's kind of a little bit around the background. Tell me what's in it. I know that it's not made from those sneaker soles are not uh, made traditionally the way uh, you might find a pair of Nikes or something like that, are there? There's something uh, very different and unique about them. That is true. There is recycled uh, material as part of the shoe. So about 10% of the sole is made from uh, recycled tire. So that's one thing. Uh, there's um, there's recycled bottles that make up the mesh component, which is the the top of the shoe. So that's another component there. And on the on the forefront of the shoe, what you'll see there is the um, what what's an accent of our XC40 Recharge Thor Hammer uh, headlight, which is the same kind of design that that's in the front of the shoe there. 
from a marketing standpoint or even from just a business standpoint, um, how important is it to to do things like this and be sustainable in this day and age? The environment and climate change is forefront just about everywhere you turn. So how important are initiatives like this, messages like this to, to not just your company, but also maybe Casca as well, that um, consumers realize that you are aware of what's going on in the environment and climate change? It's incredibly important. Uh, it's it's important for everyone to feel an accountability and an ownership over um, the ambition to be climate neutral. And Volvo, we do that. Uh, we want to be climate neutral by by four. We want to reduce by um, by forty percent uh, by twenty twenty five, and ultimately become a climate neutral company. Uh, Casca shares a very similar view here, and um, really, we're all in this together, and we all need to do our part. And we feel that. Partnering with a company like Casca, while while we're completely different, uh, we are focused on the same goals. And this is a very important um, step uh, in in showcasing that it doesn't matter if you're an auto manufacturer or a vehicle manufacturer. Um, if we're all we're all in in into um, saving the planet together, we all need to play our part. So, it, incredibly important, I would say. I heard this is an idea now being picked up in other markets, the shoe deal in particular. Is that true? And if so, where? It is true. So what did start as a partnership between us and the Vancouver-based company, Casca, uh, and us being Volvo Canada, uh, once we shared it with our colleagues around the rest of the Americas, everyone loved it. Uh, they were on board with it. They they fully agreed with what we were doing and happy to participate. So we did um, we did launch not just in Canada, but in the United States as well, and also across our Latam markets in Brazil and South America. Is Casca the shoe manufacturer in all those markets, or did each market partner with somebody different? No, it's all Casca. So all all from Canadian-based company Casca. And that's a great Canadian story. I mean, how important was it that you worked with a Canadian shoe company to get this done? Well, for us, it was very important to partner with a Canadian company uh, for the reasons that I mentioned, you know, it's an, it's important yeah. that we can show we can partner together within Canada. But of course, we're very proud that we're able to showcase a Canadian company um, that that has the ability to make waves across the entire uh, continent. So we're we're very proud of this. Well, let's talk about the vehicle that inspired this, the XC40 Recharge itself. What does yeah. this vehicle mean for Volvo and Volvo Canada? Right now it is, I guess you'd consider the entry-level uh, SUV that's that's pure electric. Um, I know the C40 Recharge is coming soon, but what does the XC40 mean in Canada? The XC40 Recharge is a significant milestone uh, for not just us in Canada, but for Volvo in general. It's our first fully electric car uh, as you may know, we've committed to be a fully electric company by 2030, where we're going to sell only fully electric cars. And by uh, 2025, we're going to sell 50% fully electric cars. And the XC40 Recharge is our first step, um, first step towards that journey. So like you mentioned, you know, C40 is coming next year, but we have had um, the XC40 Recharge this year. Uh, great vehicle um, from a design perspective. It really is consistent with um, with the Volvo design language and Scandinavian design. It's also the first vehicle where we're showcasing our Google Android operating system, where our infotainment system is, is integrated uh, with Google, and you'll be able to um, to to speak to the car similar to how you would with one of the the Google Android uh, phones, 
and interact with the vehicle in a much different way. So not only is it really the, um, the beginning of our electrification journey, uh, but it's also uh, a testament of, of the new technology and infotainment that we're going to have in our vehicles going forward into the future. Electric vehicles aren't new, obviously, but what's been sold for years and years um, aren't necessarily what consumers have always wanted. There's been plenty of electric sedans, for example. A lot of them have been electric cars. Has the industry finally developed enough desirable vehicles, and that is to say CUVs and SUVs, to finally get EV sales to a tipping point, to give the customer what they actually want, which is a truck or an SUV or a CUV? It's a great question. Uh, more is coming, I would say. If, if you look at the adoption of electric vehicles in general in Canada, um, the, the growth has been exponential, albeit very small. So the segment is still a small segment, but it's growing pretty fast, which is very encouraging. Uh, the infrastructure is still a piece that needs to be improved upon. I think that the, the government needs to play a big role in making sure that we have the infrastructure available across the country to be able to meet our um, our ambitions. You know, as a country, we have grand ambitions too, to be fully electric by 2035. So we need an infrastructure to support it. Uh, so while I would say that the, um, that yes, the product portfolio is coming, equally important is having the infrastructure available to support all this great product that's going to come into the market. We'll be right back after this short break. Diamond Coat has been a leading F&I provider to the retail automotive industry. For over 50 years, our philosophy hasn't changed. For us to provide the best products and services, we need total control over every part of our business. From R&D to manufacturing to claims administration, we do everything in-house. We're committed to introducing the best quality products to the market. And recently, through our partnership with Kix Global, we're able to bring the Kix Locate Theft Recovery System to dealerships across Canada. This covert device can be used within your dealership to track, maintain, and safeguard your assets. No wires, no monthly fees, just full protection. It's this kind of commitment that has made Diamond Coat Canada's most trusted warranty providers for all automotive dealers, manufacturers, and customers. To find out more about our new anti-theft products and programs, visit diamondcoat.com. That's diamondcoat.com to get started. Diamond Coat, we've got you covered. Speaking of infrastructure and, and new product, you have to get your vehicles to your dealers. Um, I'd like to talk about the Port of Vancouver for a second. Yeah. Uh, I know there's been some changes and upgrades there. Explain to me what's happening there for Volvo Canada. So we did take a decision to, to, to add another port um, into our, our business model, our operations here in Canada. Uh, we've had our, our cars coming in from all different countries through the Port of Halifax. And now we've opened up a new port in Vancouver that we're incredibly excited about. Uh, it's very meaningful for us because we are able to get cars to our consumers quicker. So from manufacturing up till consumer, uh, that lead time is improved um, in some cases by about 40 days, depending where in the country. Uh, so th this was really a decision that we took in order to improve our overall customer experience. But also, we are starting to ramp up more production um, coming from APAC, and this helps the cars come in in a, in a quicker way. We are also improving um, our business out in the western region in Canada uh, quite a bit. So this kind of move helps to support 
uh, those dealers as well. Uh, and of course, like we mentioned, ultimately, it's the cut in lead time, which also has a great effect on uh, reduction of CO2 uh, because ships that aren't on the, the water for as much time, of course, emit less, uh, less CO2. So there's a benefit there we get too, which is very much in line with our sustainability um, initiatives. So there's quite a few different reasons why we did this, but uh, all good reasons, I would say. When did Volvo Canada realize things needed to change and a port needed to be added? We've had conversations around this for a few years, I would say, uh, where we started looking at the idea um, and also looking at potential solutions to bring cars to the western uh, the western side of, of the United States. But ultimately, we felt that you know we have a great plan to grow in Canada. Our volumes are growing here. Our customer base is growing. It's important for us to have a port that's on the western side that's physically uh, in Canada. Uh, so all of those, you, you can imagine there's quite a bit of dialogue and discussion happening around all of those different facets. But we came to this view, given that uh, we really feel like it's important to send a signal to our consumers and our dealers that we're, we're investing in, in our own country. You mentioned uh, Western Canada as being a, a growing market and one of the reasons to, to need the port to get vehicles there a little more quickly. What's happening in the Western market and, and why, in terms of sales and customer base, is it growing? What's happening there? Well, there's two things. One is we've, we've added in uh, two great partners into the Western region, uh, one in, in Calgary, uh, Royal Oak Volvo is a new store that we've opened up there with our existing partners, uh, Paul Valentine and Vaughn Wyant. And we've also opened up another um, dealership in Burnaby in, in BC and in, in Vancouver there, where we've brought on the, uh, the Mori family to, to, um, to welcome them into our Volvo organization. So there's two new points there. And then also in line with our electrification strategy, uh, Vancouver, BC, is is um, adopting quite well when it comes to overall BEV penetration. So we are uh, we, we're a small company, Volvo. We're a small market share company, but we like to we like the idea of of being part of a segment that's growing uh, fast, which is the the BEV segment. And um, in Canada, that happens to be out in in uh, in the West, where we are seeing the greatest growth and opportunity for uh, our future product. Let's talk luxury sales in general across the country. They've been booming for the last four to six months or so. What's the reason behind the surge? We've heard anecdotally that folks are trying to to get cars uh, before the luxury tax kicks in. We've heard people are sitting on uh, cash because of the pandemic. What does Volvo see as the reason for um, luxury sales being up over the last little while? Well, for us, we're we're seeing that, uh, and this is, uh, I guess, what we've noticed within Volvo, and and, and some of the reasons why uh, we've been we've been seeing positive strength and momentum in our brand. We are seeing new customers enter our brand that are very much attracted to uh, electrification and our mission around sustainability, and we're also seeing quite a bit of our uh, returning customers excited to get into some of our new product, and um, we've been able to maintain a relatively healthy level of inventory for the balance of the year, albeit we've had some production cuts. Uh, it hasn't been so significant that we haven't been able to to meet our goals, which is good. Uh, still a very uncertain future, as, as you know, but for the, the past um, 
eight or nine months. That's been the story for us, which is good. Uh, so that's uh, specific for Volvo. As an industry, I would say that, you know, you're, you are right. The macroeconomic situation is certainly helpful uh, in that we are in an environment where there there is more disposable income and, and consumers are willing uh, to spend it. Um, of course, you know, anecdotally, you hear quite a bit that Consumers have a willingness to prioritize driving over other means of transportation. Uh, being in the, the pandemic environment that we're, we're we're in and we're not really out of it yet, uh, it's helped encourage consumers to to want to buy uh, a vehicle versus versus other means. And then we've just seen overall pent up demand in the in the uh, market, um, both the new and the used pent up demand related from from uh, COVID. When you know once the pandemic. Uh, came to be, everyone or quite quite a few uh, consumers were sitting on the decision whether or not they wanted to buy. So I, I threw a lot at you there, but I would say quite a bit of of different effects there, both for an industry as a whole and for Volvo in particular. Last question, um, and it is inventory, and you sort of touched on it already. Uh, how is the situation for Volvo Canada right now? If a dealer is listening or a customer is listening, um, what's that inventory situation like? And do you see the inventory situation, generally speaking, smoothing out anytime soon, given the, the, the pandemic itself and the microchip shortage and the inventory shortage and production cuts? What's the future look like, say, short-term, first six months of 2022? As it stands right now, you know, today we have a healthy amount of inventory, albeit it's pretty, pretty lean. Um, so our dealers are working very closely together to make sure that, uh, they trade and they support each other and getting the right cars to, to our customers. Uh, how that fares in, in the next six months, it's looking to be that there still is going to be a shortage of, of semiconductors. So that will have an effect on our supply. Uh, to what degree, it's still a little bit TBD, but we still feel like we'll have a, a relatively healthy uh, level of inventory going into the first six months. We're also learning about different effects related to overall supply chain uh, across the globe as a result of COVID spikes in other countries uh, that are affecting overall supply chain beyond just the semiconductor. And that's also uh, throwing a curveball into the production plans as well. So while we feel good about where we are and, and our ability to service our customers in the months ahead, we do recognize that it is a fluid situation and uh, we are um, we, we do have a few months ahead of us of, of, of uh, turbulent inventory conditions. Matt, I want to thank you for joining me on the podcast. Great discussion. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you having me. We reached Matt in the GTA. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.